Okay. A couple of weeks ago, I, um, <clears throat> I'd set up a coffee to have with someone. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I had a coffee with Kevin Fox. Now, just so you know who Kevin and, and Carolyn are, uh, okay, brother to Mark Fox and sister to, well, no, Pam Elliott's Mark and Kevin's sister. So just because it's got in the family. And then we've got Aaron and Kerry Fox. So this is Aaron's dad and mum. And so he sat down and he told me what had happened for him in the last, basically this year. And I thought, you've got to tell our church about that. That is such a great story. That's amazing. And so I'm going to just ask Kevin and Carolyn, I think I saw them over here, just to come up and just, just to share what God's done in their, their life this, this year. And so why don't you give them a hand? I had the privilege of being on the CET for, for years and the finance team with Kevin and uh, I've always enjoyed his wisdom and insight and they go to the church across the road here which is a great church and uh, so who's going first? Good morning. Thank you so much for having us here to share this morning. It is a great privilege. I know our worship time is finished, but as we worshipped this morning, I had a very deep sense that this morning God wants to impart faith because the story we're about to share with you is a faith walk of 2023, a real story that happened. Let's pray. Lord, I just commit this next few minutes to you and I pray for every heart here, that you will open their hearts, that as your word goes forth, that that will bring forth fruit of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> so in March this year, our lives got tipped upside down, and God began to take us on a very difficult journey. And it began with a devotional I had from Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I read that, and God did something he's pretty much never said, done before. He pretty much said to me, your flesh is going to fail. And I, no, Lord, don't, not sure you really... God was preparing us. He was letting us know that he had this. The following day, I had a CT scan to investigate pain and weight loss. And the next day after that, we received the news that the scan showed multiple lymph node involvement in my torso. Some nodules or tumours were quite sizable, and the future looked very bleak. Eventually, a biopsy was taken, cancer was confirmed, but no primary was ever found. It was swallowed up by the secondaries. We then saw our oncologist. We were told that Kevin had only three to six months to live. We were given the option of chemo, with oncology, which oncology said was not hopeful with, stating that it had a 30% chance of a 30% shrinkage of the cancer low odds, at best it may extend life by six months. Kevin was deteriorating quickly by this stage. 
At this time, God gave us many scriptures, giving us peace about the situation. If Kevin, if heaven was to be his home, that was okayish. 61 years of age seemed too young to depart this world, but we were accepting of God's ways over our ways. So we had a real peace. We weren't fighting the cancer, but accepting it. However, we did decide to give the chemo a go. And I had only two chemo treatments. The side effects weren't great. After about a month, we made the big decision to quit the chemo. Trust our future to God and eternal life in God. Again, we felt really peace with this, with further scripture supporting it. We visited the oncologist, thinking that the fight was over, and he agreed I should stop the chemo. But he did surprise us. He had received some late results from the biopsy. And my biomarkers indicate that the cancer may respond positively to immunotherapy. That treatment's very expensive, $10,000 a session every three weeks. And our medical insurance had to cover this. Gaining approval from the insurance company took a week longer than normal, which was a very testing time, but we were very grateful when the okay was given. And Keytruda, the immunotherapy, was started. It had less side effects than chemo, just a bit yuck for a few days, and increased pain. But I've had this treatment every three weeks. To backtrack a bit, we've never chased after healing, being at peace, although reluctant about the path that we were on. In some part, we didn't dare to believe for healing. In the early days, after the initial scan, but before the confirmed biopsy result, we went to a Breath of Life healing and deliverance meeting, which Faye Birkbeck from OBC helps run. We went with an open mind, not really expecting healing, but probably just to be in God's presence. This was mid-March, and Kevin's pain was not well managed, so we could only stay one hour as his pain became unbearable. The message that we heard that night was of salvation and that heaven is our ultimate goal, not the healing meeting we were thinking of. Not long after this, Faye's husband, Rory, passed on a message to me from a man who helps run that meeting, and he had had a word of knowledge that I had cancer. Now, at this stage, even Rory was unaware of what I was facing, and only family and those very close to us knew. And this chap had a verse for me. It was 2 Kings 20, where God was speaking to Isaiah Go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer, seen your tears. I will heal you. And three days from now, you will get out of bed and go to the temple of the Lord. I'll add 15 years to your life. Isaiah said, make an ointment from figs. So Hezekiah's servant spread the ointment over the boil and Hezekiah recovered. So we felt to follow this up and go to the next Breath of Life meeting in May. The same man introduced himself and asked to pray for me, and he prayed these verses. Exodus 23, 25. 
You must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless you with food and water, and I will protect you from illness. And he prayed, Mark 16, 18, they will place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. He also had a word of knowledge that I had unbelief regarding my healing, which was true, and I needed to repent. We came away with the real assurance that God was with us. He was in this. He knew. We were then blessed with a lovely holiday in Rarotonga. This was booked last year, so again, God knew. During this time, we read a lot of books, including 10 Hours to Live, and soon after, Derek Prince's God's Word Heals. Through these books, the Holy Spirit really impressed on us the power of God's Word regarding healing. So this is really important. We began claiming healing against the cancer with Scripture. We repeated the scriptures often. We printed them out, put them all over the house. We prayed them often each day. Just a few of these scriptures are Psalm 103. Let all I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and, it goes with it, and heals all my diseases. And Isaiah 53 He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. This is the word of God. Let the word of God inspire faith. We cannot emphasize enough the importance of the word of God in our journey. At that time, we were also careful about the words that we spoke. For example, if someone asked about Kevin's health, we would reply, the doctors say his cancer is terminal, but we know our God is bigger. We are praying and believing for healing. Our own words can speak life or destruction. After our holiday, we went to Nick Klinkenberg's healing meetings here at C3, By this stage, when we prayed, we had the faith to believe that God was healing the cancer. We would picture it melting off, shriveling up, exploding, whatever came into our minds as we prayed. We also visited the Freedom Centre one evening. Worship had just begun, and we walked in the door. And the first words that were projected on the big screen was, I've seen cancer disappear. We believed that God was just confirming our faith that Kevin's cancer was going to be healed. So in late July, Kevin had a CT scan. And because of increasing pain, oncology was predicting a worsening result. They were preparing us to call it quits and maybe for Kevin just to enjoy his remaining days. But the scan showed a massive reduction of the cancer. Yeah, it was amazing. Some areas had gone completely. The cancer had been like literally everywhere and on his thigh. It was, yeah, it was huge. There was only three areas left in his chest. So we praise God for that encouragement. A few days after that, we came to a C3 night service here 
Gordon Moore from Brisbane was the guest speaker, and during the worship, I felt a real burning heat in my chest. And further into that service, Gordon had people go forward for prayer for pain, which I did. But I will always wonder if it was that earlier burning sensation where God totally rid me of that cancer. <laughs> Praise God. That's God. Praise God. Kel Steiner, a missionary friend from the States, also visited, and he prayed that the cancer be fully removed and that medical personnel would be dumbfounded with this result. So we prayed for that too. So in October, Kevin had another scan, and the result, no cancer. No. A true, a true miracle. And... Yeah, we, we said to the oncologist what he thought about this, and he said something on the lines of that Keytruda or something has supercharged Kevin's immune system. Well, we all know that Jesus is that supercharge. We praise him for this healing. We thank him for his presence and his journey with us. Um, we also want to just thank all of you who have prayed with us that have um, known about our journey. And we want to just encourage you, you know, this, we want to share it with you, encourage you all that we just have a true and loving God. Amen. That's good, isn't it? The whole body, not just our church, not just the whole body involved in it. If you need a miracle in your life, or you know someone that really needs a miracle in their life, why don't you stand right now? We're going to pray. If you're still sitting, why don't you just put it, if someone near you that you know, just put your hand or reach your hand towards them. Let's pray for a miracle. Father, we thank you that you're a miracle-working God. And Lord, we thank you for this amazing testimony, Father. Uh, Lord, it's, it's miraculous. And so, Lord, we, we want to see more of that. And so, Father, I pray for each person standing here representing either themselves or a situation or someone they know that needs a miracle. And Father, we pray right now that you would touch and bring a miracle. Lord, we believe in your word. And Father, help us where we have unbelief. Lord, we want to come back to your word and speak your word over the situation. Your word is powerful. Your word is living and active. And so, Father, I pray right now that, the Father, healing would flow through. It doesn't matter where in the world the person is. Right now, touch them with your healing power. Do something in them. We pray that you supercharge their body to fight against whatever it is, that divine healing would come. And, Lord, for those that are standing here that are representing someone else, Lord, I pray they'd be able to go back, lay hands on the person. Your word says lay hands on the sick. And, Lord, we would see miracles happen through them laying hands and praying for these people. Lord, I pray. Father, we thank you for your encouragement of faith. And, Lord, we come back that our faith is in you, our God, our Savior, our King. Our faith is not in faith. Our faith is in your word and what you say. And so we pray miracles will happen in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated.
was told I'd have 20 minutes left, but I don't. <laughs> so what do you do in five minutes? So the title of my message was 2023. 2023. What's been 2023 for you? And so I've got a, I've got a couple of questions I want you to ask, because I always think you've got to ask the question of yourself. So here's my number one first question that you need to ask yourself. Okay, you ready? You're asking yourself this. Have you changed for the better this year? Have a think about it. Do you think you're a better person? I know we're only good by God. I know that. But in a sense, have you changed for the better this year? Put your hand up if you go, yep, I have. That's good. That's encouraging. Very good. Okay. Congratulations. Well done. <clears throat> Here's my second question. Has the way you've lived this year made the world a better place? Can you distinctly look at things and go, I've made the world a better place? How many people think they've made the world a better place? Not as many of you put your hand up on that. How many people think they've made the world a worse place? <laughs> oh, no one put their hand up, so that's good. So some of you are just neutral. Just neutral. So what I did uh, is I started looking at just what I've preached this year, just rummaging through it, because I'm, you know, what you preach is what God's been speaking to you about. And uh, there's been a few things that just keep coming up for me. Definitely one of the things for me that I really feel is a revelation that I think every individual has to get is that we are here to change the world. We are here with a purpose to change the world. Now, you look big and you think, oh, are we going to do, are you, Alan, are you talking the whole world? Or are you just talking our, my little world? Both. I believe the church is here with a purpose. I believe you're here with a purpose. And I think sometimes we're being distracted and, and we get lost in a whole lot of things and we're not getting back to the number one purpose for you and me is to make this world a better place. Now we know that's sharing Jesus, that's the gospel, but I think sometimes we've shrunk the gospel into just people getting saved. No, no, it's more than that. We pray the prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And heaven's an amazing place. So everything that happens in heaven, we're praying happens here on earth. And, you know, I've been challenged a little bit in, in my theology because part of my theology is that, you know, okay, is, is Jesus is coming back. In fact, Stephen talked about that. Jesus is coming back? Yes. But I think sometimes that's made me think, oh, we just got to just got to do a bit now and I'm off to heaven and, and escape the world. Like it's a little bit of an escapist thinking sometimes. And yes, I believe Jesus could come back any, any time, but I also believe Jesus could, may not come back for another thousand years. I mean, we're 2,000 years on. The disciples definitely didn't think it was 2,000 years before Jesus came back. They were thinking in their lifetime. And we all think in our lifetime, and I, man, there's some things happening around the world that could make you think, oh, it could happen. But there are also, it may not. And so I go, what are we here to do? We're here to change the world, to see every person we know know Jesus, to change what happens. 
So uh, I think one of the things I've said lots and lots is, is we're going to change the world. And you've got to believe that that's what you're here to do, change the world. Every morning when you get up, you're here to change the world. Through what you say, what you do, who you interact with. Because I, I, we need to change, because the world needs changing, doesn't it? Is anybody happy with the condition of the world? Is anybody happy with the condition of Tauranga, New Zealand? So, so we've got plenty to do. The other thing I think you'll have heard me say lots is, <laughs> we're all broken. Broken. But Jesus sent us to mend the brokenhearted. And, and I just, this, this whole living out of brokenness is, is, is part, of, part of what we do. And, and, you know, my challenge to you is that you're letting Jesus change you. And that you're bringing a change in your life and you're letting him heal your brokenness. I do think there are things where we go, oh, I'm accepting this in my life. Yes, I'm broken, but I'm not going to change it. Every one of us in the next 12 months need to look at going, how can I change to be a better person? And part of that goes back and looking at the things in your life and saying, God, I need you to heal this. Part of it is changing the way we're thinking. Your perception of the world is determined by the way you think about the world. And your thinking determines your perception and your perception determines your thinking. And we've got to change our thinking, change our perception. The disciples changed the world with the gospel. The good news is broader than Jesus just forgiving your sins. It's the whole new way of living that changed society. They lived different. They were doing good. Jesus was doing good. What does it say? In, uh, I think it's in Acts 10.38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, same as you as me, we're anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good, healing. Isn't that interesting? That's what you and I are called to do, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Now, let me just define what's, what's oppressed by the devil. Oppressed by all the evil in the world. The devil represents all that is evil and the cause of all the brokenness in the world. It's the influence and negative impact of Satan on individuals and society. The Bible teaches that Satan is known as the devil, is a spiritual being who opposes God and seeks to lead people away from him. The devil is associated with sin, deception, and all that is contrary to God's will. And when you think in that, you and I are fighting against that spiritual force. And we're going around changing it, changing the world. It comes back to Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So that's what you and I are called here to do. Go around healing all and relieving people who are oppressed by evil in the world. Pretty exciting because it's, mate, there's, there's plenty to do, isn't there? Does it get you going? I mean, we've fantastic. We've got these boxes. These boxes are helpful. Yeah. If you haven't seen them, they, these, we did a thousand boxes yesterday. In fact, I think we did a few more than a thousand. Eleven hundred. Wow, one more, one hundred more. And they're going to go out and change people's lives. 
you know, we had our volunteers thing, and I, I just I wrote this for something else during the week, but I, I kept thinking, I've got to say this for, for us as a church. Thank you for helping us change the world and make it a better place just by volunteering. Just by volunteering, you're helping make the place better. To leaders, thank you for helping change the world and making the world a better place by leading and discipling the people around you. Thank you. It makes a difference. Thank you for helping us change the world, make it a better place by helping us with community dinners. Aren't they amazing? For people who can't afford to go out for dinner, Victor and Ruth and and all his team, thank you. It makes a difference. That's changing the world. Thank you for helping us change the world to be a better place by helping give gifts to children who through their no fault of their own need a government department to help them make them feel safe and have a roof over their head and food on the table. Thank you for all those who bought gifts. That, That makes a difference. That's changing the world. And thank you to Sharon for all of her work there. Thank you for helping us change the world a better place, helping us provide Christmas boxes for people from all walks of life in our community who, due to the economic pressure of life, are doing it tough. And you're helping them. You're bringing a little bit of heaven on earth to their situation. Thank you for helping us change the world, make it a better place by helping us help people get out of debt through CAP. And thanks to Errol and Sharon, doing an amazing job there. Thanks for helping change the world, better place, through providing freedom prayers. I don't know if you know that 50% roundabout of the freedom prayers that, that uh, Ali and her team do are for people outside of our church that come and have amazing encounters with God that change their life. You're a part of that. Pretty exciting. Thank you for helping us change the world to be a better place by praying for others. And if you're on our prayer chain, and uh, look, I just go, thank you. I feel that that's the powerhouse of what happens in our church. And that is definitely touching not just our church, but it's touching Tauranga, New Zealand, and the world. And if you have a burden to pray and you're not on there, maybe you just put your name down at the information desk and, and we'd love to, to have you praying as well. I think there's about 80 people in our church that pray. So when you put in a prayer request, man, 80 people get it and they pray. Some pray for for one minute. Some will keep praying for half an hour, an hour for your situation. And you go away going, oh, wow, that just happened in my life. That's great. Not realizing. I mean, I've told you the story that I'm I'm convinced I'm going to get to heaven one day. Well, yeah, because that's good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get here. I'm going to get to heaven one day and I'm going to... I'm going to, you know, sort of say to Jesus, wow, look what I did. And Jesus is going to go, you're an idiot. I don't know whether he would, but I think he would. You're an idiot. It was nothing to do with you. It was to do with those people that prayed. Like, I'm totally sure that those people that prayed are going to, you know, we're going to, that, that reveal in heaven is going to be one of the most fascinating days of our lives, looking at who's where. And a few of the people that you think, probably including myself, that might be up the front, are not up the front. <laughs> they're way down the back. At least they're there. That's the main thing. You've got to get there. But those people who pray, thank you. Do not underestimate what you're doing to change the world. Thank you for helping us make the world a better place by tithes, offerings, and kingdom offering. Like That makes a big difference. Takes a big burden off us. 
I think our kingdom offering is up to about 130,000 for this year. We're hoping for more, but that's good. Man, that makes a huge difference. That makes a big difference. So thank you. You know, and it's and it's not ever about the amount, it's the fact that people sacrifice and give what God enables them to be able to give. And some give out of huge faith and out of a few huge hey, this this is precious. And especially when finance is tight. It's way tighter than it's been for a long time, isn't it? But you go, man, people put in and they but that makes a difference. It's changing the world. Thank you for helping us change the world and make it a better place. And next year, we're going to even do more. So Eleanor and I are going on a bit of a sabbatical, a bit of a break. Uh, We were talking about it. I didn't realize, but it was 12 years since we had our last sabbatical, which was outstanding. Musicians, you can come. 12 years. So So we're going on another one, which is just eight weeks. And um, I do have to confess some things. Everybody's been, a few people have said, what are you doing? And I've said, Eleanor's got this big list of things that I'm going to do at home. <laughs> and, and that was going okay until someone went up and told Eleanor off for giving them a, a list that I had to do. Because oh, yeah. it's not true. We, we've got a little bit of a list of things, but it's things that we want to do. <laughs> oh, let's get it right. Okay. And El- hi, Eleanor, you're watching <laughs> online. <laughs> And we're just going to, so next Sunday, after the morning service, we're, we're on sort of leave. So if you've got a problem, don't ring us. <laughs> just, yeah, save it. Maybe, maybe even pray about it. You could pray about it for two months, and then we'll be back, and you'll have already got your answer. You won't even need us. Uh, so we're going to have a great time. We're going to go visit some churches, have a look around, uh, Go away a little bit, a little bit at home. And uh, so, but thank you very much. Thank you to the internal advisors for allowing us to do that. It's going to be fun. And we'll be back at the beginning of February, I think, next year, ready to go because it's going to be a good year next year. How many people need it to be a good year next year? Yeah, goodbye 2023. Here we go, 2024. How about you stand? Thank you, Kevin and Carolyn, for coming and sharing. That was, that was quite inspiring. Get your faith on, get some scriptures. Some of you need to get, some of you, the word today was get some scriptures, write them out, start pronouncing them. Father, I just thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for what you've done in us. I thank you for speaking. going to open the altar. One, if you need prayer for anything, I just feel anything. I want to pray for people who felt that they couldn't hear from God. If, you, if when we did that thing, asking Jesus, and you just couldn't hear anything, I'd really like you to come in. I'd just like someone to pray for you. Maybe they'll have a word for you. Maybe they'll help you in that. Just say to them, I, could, I couldn't hear anything. Maybe there's some, some spiritual reason why. Who knows? But I'd rather you be able to hear from God. Father, I pray you'd speak to each person. Thank you so much for your presence. And while everyone's got their eyes closed, if you don't know Jesus, the world is broken because of sin. Sin in our lives. And sin has just broken us. And the enemy 
the devil, Satan, evil in the world. We've all partaken in it. And to commune with God, we've got to deal with that sin. And we deal with that sin by coming to Jesus and asking Him to forgive us of our sins and come into our life. It's a miracle. The same miracle as people being healed is the fact that we get our sins forgiven. And that's a fantastic thing. But you've got to ask. And so each week we give people an opportunity to ask Jesus to come into their lives and forgive them of their sin. And I'm going to do that in a moment. And and if you don't know God, if you've not done that, why don't you just partake in this prayer with us? We're all going to pray it and ask Jesus to come into your life and live. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me and that you died on the cross for my sin. Please forgive me for all the wrong things I've done. Please come into my life. Cleanse me. Clean me up. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray. Father, I pray. Lord, each person here, Father, would continue to change the world. Lord, I pray for those that are discouraged, that be encouraged because you are working and you're moving. And Father, I pray just as we sing this this song and and just worship you for for a moment, Father, Lord, I pray that uh, anybody that's got a need would just come and that you would minister to that need, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.